Saw, dude. Oh, what's up, dude? Been like a whole week. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, man? We what were just hell? talking about how, how like, it <laughs> feels and like two weeks. What's up to you, listeners out there? Who oh, what's up, listeners? I missed you. A week to listen. I'm glad you came back. Oh, I'm glad you, you did stop too. Stop talking like this because I don't know how long I could do it. Although being in LA <laughs> makes it easier these days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've well, been uh, watching some things. Tell me about the things you've been watching. So I watched. Borat subsequent movie film. Ah, yes. At, yes. By its official. And the reason I watched it, Amazon is awesome because it's an Amazon original. Yeah. It took up the entire scroll bar <laughs> for a day once. So, like, yeah. while you're scrolling through, it just kept being Borat subsequent movie film. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, okay, even the marketing for this is awesome. And I really like Borat. I think it's great. I've never seen it. I think you should watch it. You'd love it. Right. It's basically just Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't even know if that's exactly how to say his last name. It's not. Baron. I think Baron Cohen or something. But <laughs> yeah, he's basically a very committed like prankster, but in yeah. a political way. Like yeah. he gets political. So he, or not just political, but social. Like he just shows. Yeah. You know, if there's a creep that everyone knows is a creep, he'll somehow. Even though it's been this many years of him doing it, he'll mm-hmm. play a character <laughs> that can hang out with this creepy dude and be like, so, man, would you do this? And then the guy's like, oh, fuck, yeah. And he gets it right. on camera. And then it's, like, <laughs> real. And you're like, yeah. this is very funny because if these were all characters written in a script, I'd be laughing. But only one of them is a character, so I'm right. also terrified. Yeah. And that's the entire movie. So if you can handle that, like, feeling of, like, it's funny, but also he's pointing out how not funny some of these. You know what I mean by that? Yes, it's very totally. interesting, and I, I, I'd be curious to see what you think of it. There's there's a lot in it that is just like, oh, my God, I cannot believe he did that. In a completely yeah. different way than the first movie. Watch hmm. the first movie, watch the second, and you'll get what I mean. Right. Um, but I also watched The Queen's Gambit, yeah, which is yeah, a miniseries, miniseries that just went on Netflix. It stars Anya Taylor-Joy, who... I'm sure you know is like my Hollywood crush. Yeah. I'm in love with Anya <laughs> Taylor-Joy. I think she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, it's a series that's like headed by the writer-director Scott Frank. He helped write some popular movies like Logan, The Wolverine, Marley Ooh. and Me, The Interpreter, and Minority Report. Oh, a couple wow. of you might have heard of. And yeah. he also wrote and directed the movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, The Lookout. I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's awesome. And remembering this movie, watching The Queen's Gambit, I was like, oh, my God, I got to rewatch The Lookout because he's just a great director, too. And it's very, very prevalent in The Queen's Gambit. It's just a well-directed, well-acted show about a child chess prodigy. Hmm. It's it's a historical fiction. It's not based on a true story. But the point of it is to show, like, that child prodigy what what happens to a child in fame like when you're young mm-hmm. but famous like how that can be dark sometimes and how it can be wish fulfilling sometimes it's great sure. highly suggested what have you been watching oh yeah uh i want to talk about two things real quick um and both of them they they're kind of on a similar note i i highly recommend you watch both of them listener they're both like life fulfilling opening your mind and empathy and uh yeah they're important i think you've probably heard of one of them uh that is my octopus teacher 
I just know like three people who've said it's fantastic, and then yeah, that's where I'm at. I've heard it from like three people now. Yeah, finally watched it, and uh, it is fantastic. Um, and you might like watch the trailer and be like, "Is this just a movie about a dude like falling in love with an octopus?" And yeah, kinda. <laughs> like, but it's <laughs> I'm more excited now. It's beautiful, and oh my god, yeah, can't recommend it enough. Another one that I think is even more like important that one is like beautiful i think you will it'll like open your mind a little bit this one's like you need to watch this movie and i don't know why it's not on the header of netflix it's called david attenborough a life on our planet this is a movie that is basically the testimonial of a man who has spent 93 his 93 year long life thus far exploring our world and natural habitats and learning about animals and uh, ecologies and who has watched the progression of the planet over the past 90 years. And it's, it's a call. It, it's, it's not doom and gloom. Like there's, it's, you know, I, I remember in inconvenient truth was like, fuck (laughs) kind of like, Oh my God, look at what's happening. It's just, laying it out here's how we got here it's not like look at how horrible it is that we got here it's like this is how we progressed we found a way to achieve certain things certain capabilities as humans and we are now at a point where we are realizing that the way that we've been doing that has been affecting the planet and if we do it if we continue to do it the same way and don't make any changes it gives you some projections like up there's a couple minute period that's about like what the future could be like. It's just a couple minutes. It's in my opinion the hardest to watch because I'm like that's the planet that's like my life as we're looking forward what we could face. But the most important thing is the whole last section is what we can do about it. It's actions and projections of what the world could look like if we act now and make some big changes in our society. It's very very important. Highly recommend you watch it. Wow. And if anyone is going to be someone that's like an authority on all that shit, it's right. the man, David, David Attenborough. David Attenborough. He's like... If soon as you hear his voice, for those of you who are like, I don't quite know who that is. Yeah. And even when you look him up, you're like, I don't quite recognize his face. His yeah. voice. Like, his as voice. soon as you hear it, you'll be like, oh, any nature well, documentary is, I've ever watched yeah, has like, been narrated by David Attenborough. Especially in the past, like, couple decades... But, you know, I just knew him as the guy who voiced on planet Earth, you know, and then a bunch of other ones. He has spent his entire life. They show footage of him at like 23 years old in like rainforests and jungles in South America. I'm so excited to watch this. I can't believe I didn't right away when you recommended it. (laughs) I I texted you before. It's like not only an incredible look at this beautiful person's life, but just a very important film for everyone to watch right now. Please, if nothing else that we talk about in this intro section, please go watch that. But if you want to watch one other thing. (laughs) Oh, we watched something that we both watched. (laughs) And it's scary. That's Oh my God, is it scary? His house. His house is incredible. I hadn't heard about it. You recommended it to me. And I was just like, you know what? I've got and a free I hadn't night. even watched it when I recommended it. I yeah, had seen you just it heard on it Netflix good. and I was like, this is a directorial debut and it's horror and I'm I that's just like my shit is like watching yeah. indie horror movies. Just it 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 was oh, 
I, it's it's <laughs> it's it's incredible in so many ways. I mean, yeah. So first think, and foremost, I want to say we we've both watched a lot of horror. It's a genre that we've both gotten into and appreciate when a movie can really get under your skin. And this movie scared me. I watched it in the daylight, and it scared oh, really? me more than most movies I've ever watched. I would say this is top five for that. Okay. What I, I think is important to discern here is mm-hmm. this movie does a lot of different things that horror movies all or that a lot of horror movies do. You know, there are jump scare type scares. Yeah. There are imagery that's scary. There's yep. great sound design that's creepy. Yep. But the feeling of I am afraid right now, that's rare when you're watching a movie. Sometimes yeah. you can like see a thing and be like, wow. That I appreciate that <laughs> right. that's scary, but like or a cheap you know, like jump scare. The first and you're time, like, that just was yeah, reactionary. like the first time you watched The Conjuring when the camera right. goes up and the woman is like on top of the wardrobe, not in it, and you're yeah. like, I am afraid right yeah. now. Like the actual <laughs> yeah. feeling, or like I felt it in Paranormal Activity when I was like a kid. Like some people mm-hmm. felt it when they first saw the Blair Witch Project. Some people saw it back in the day when The Exorcist came out or Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby. Like. It is a rare feeling to feel like afraid watching yeah, a movie. Yes. What like holy shit. There are moments in this movie that that feeling was as prevalent as it is in the top 3 scariest movies I've ever seen. I like wanted to look away. You know right. what I mean by that? Yeah. Like I wanted I got this fight or flight response <laughs> while watching. Yeah. There are certain sequences specifically and I Oh, man, that is so hard to achieve. It really is. I also want to say, though, if you're one of those people listening and you're going, okay, I like a good horror movie, but you're kind of freaking me out. Like, I don't want to just be terrified. The whole movie's not that. It's got some great moments. But the writing and the symbolism is incredible it's so moving and effective in what it's trying to accomplish this movie could be pitched as a an emotional drama yeah yeah. and i would walk away feeling like i got my money's worth like i wouldn't be like what the fuck that was a horror movie you know i would walk away being like oh wow right like i did walk away like emotionally satisfied fucked. yeah <laughs> satisfied not fucked but like the roller coaster yeah. of emotions and i it's one of those movies that is so hard not to get into specifics about like i can tell with your face that you want to and i want to but mm-hmm. i think it is best to just dive in blind yep go into this movie and everything we've said try to forget about it yep. but it's also like now, if you're one of those people who aren't into scary movies, I think this is still a great movie to watch. And now you can yeah. prepare yourself a little. Yeah. Like maybe watch it during right. the day. Maybe yes. have someone with you. If you love scary movies, now you're going to love this. But also, I'm really glad you're going into it not knowing yep. what the actual fucking movie is about because Ooh. it's so good. Yep. I'm very curious what our listeners think of this. If you do watch it, please comment. Because this yeah, is one that I'm do. like, Oh yeah. I feel like not enough people are... I. I saw quite a few people on Twitter talk about it right the week it came out, but nobody I know is talking about it and watching it. You know what I mean by that? Yes, I do. I totally do. Uh, So please go check that out about 50 plus minutes from now after you listen to the rest of our show. Nice. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) 
Sick Transition. You are listening to A New Lens. It's a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender, episode by episode. We've gotten to season two, episode 18, The Earth King. This is a good one, man. Fuck. (laughs) I have, like, no more room for... Like, I don't go into this show thinking, this this is going to be... I just... We're in it now. Like, yep. every episode is on point, and Ooh. I don't feel like I need to say it anymore. You know what I mean? I mean... We can just... The last... Like, I think... Holy we, shit. We've been sort of doing, um, for season two, five episodes and then a movie, five episodes and then a movie. And this stretch of five episodes, I think, might be... If not the best, my favorite of the entire show. The entire show. Yeah, I agree. And I don't want listeners who haven't watched the show yet to be like, oh wait, so is season three like not no. no, it's good. It's in the same it's in the same vein that Helm's Deep is my favorite sequence in like all three Lord of the Rings movies, even though it's like two thirds into the second movie. You know right. what I mean? Yes. It's it's just Sorry, but this <laughs> section of five episodes is just perfect. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's some some moments of influence that I get from... Uh, I don't know exactly when they... It, this was a little bit after Lord of the Rings, but anyway, we'll, we'll get into, into that, into that. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is a fairly simple episode. The gang, now reunited with Appa and Hole again, set out to try and actually talk to the Earth King. They go in not expecting to be as combated as they are, but they struggle their way to the Earth King's main, uh, what would you call that? Like a drawing room? Like uh, his throne, throne room. room. Throne room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, we both thought of it at the exact same time. You heard it here yeah. first on A New Lens. Synergy. Um, <laughs> but uh, Long Fang is there talking in his ear, and it takes some convincing just to get the Earth King to listen to them and stop listening to Long Fang. And finally he does. He accepts their offer to try and show him real evidence of what they're trying to tell him, which is that there's an, a war going on. And uh, they bring him to Lake Laogai. The secret underground layer has been cleared out. But they have this idea. We show him the drill. So they bring him to the drill. And there's this moment of confrontation with Long Fang. And the Dai Li do actually take him into custody, and they start working with the Earth King to try and move forward and try and take this opportunity of the Day of Black Sun, as they've found out. And they get some more information at the end and decide to split up temporarily to seek out different opportunities. And we got some uh, some twists at the end of this episode. Sprinkled in throughout as well, there are these scenes of Zuko dealing with the decision that he's made and the inner conflict within him and Iroh trying to help him through that. That's basically what, what happens in this episode. And, uh, oh man, it's it's so good. There's so many influential moments in this episode. It feels like on episode two that talking about it, it's like so much stuff happens. How did they do that in just 22 minutes? Yeah. Or 24 minutes. You know what I mean? And right. it... It's another one of those things where, man, this show must be hard to edit. Like, it's great to applaud how well it's edited, but it's Mm -hmm. also like, 
man, that's probably hard to do. Just yeah. in ge- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you cut from this? Right. So I think there's a lot of great stuff in this episode, especially like color wise. We start on this like sun rise. Yeah. Yep. And it kind of ends on a sunset too. But a lot of the episode feels like it's in this really pretty golden yeah. golden hour, you know? Totally. And even the whole background of this whole opening scene where they're deciding what to do, Aang is just hugging Appa and petting oh, Appa. And yeah. it, it just warms my heart so much. You really know it's been a long time, but also that, like, he'll never, ever, I don't know, there's this right. feeling of, like, he's never going to let go, you know? Yeah. It's pretty smart of them to have gone to this island in the middle of a huge lake like yeah i didn't even think of that until yeah, you they're th- like they've found this awesome like little hideout and then they, they found see the daily are like right you know they are searching in for boats them. looking for them but they they negotiated the ability to have a reconnection moment undisturbed whether or not they are eventually found and i just think that's that's so great i mean Firstly, for the characters themselves, that Aang gets this moment to really, no other complications in that moment, just reconnect with his friend. And you feel it, you know, him saying, I missed you more than you'll ever know. Oh, and you know what? I think he does know. I think he missed the same amount. I do. I think so, too. Um, This conversation that they have is really... You could say that we don't need it, but I like that we have it because it's something I was thinking about kind of going into the episode. Like, should they just dip, you know? But they can't. right. But, like, at the same time, like, I get why that's an option right now. I get why Toph is super wanting to do that. Like, this is something that we could just leave behind. And once we deal with the big stuff, maybe the little stuff will follow. But... Mm -hmm. Aang's right. You know, he kind of perks up and he's like, what do you mean? We've got Appa now. There's nothing they can hold against us. Like, he's just back to being Aang now that he has Appa. And he's right. They came here for that. They got to see the Earth King. I also like the the attitude that Sokka's having where he's like, we're on a roll. Like, if you think about it, think about positive attitude. The positive attitude that's set up his sort of thing throughout the whole episode but also it makes sense it's not just a Sokka thing I mean it is because they address it and anything like, that oh, Sokka does now. is a thing yeah <laughs> right but also like think about it you're in a city searching for your sky bison you have this secret agency that hides in the shadows and takes people away with their rock gloves and they're on to you and constantly watching you and you need to get this information to the earth king you're you're like and you know now long fang like has your bite they infiltrate this thing they uncover a huge brainwashing operation and they i mean to their knowledge basically like chucked long fang away they know about this now and they can reveal it to the Earth King. How are they going to be held down if they just fly into the palace? Like, yeah, fucking, that's got to be so satisfying to have accomplished If this were a that. D&D mission, the DM would be so disappointed if, if we were to be like, all right, let's go to the next town, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> yeah, right. It would be so not cool. And, totally. And it is, it feels like, yes, when we do see them, go for it, you know? Yeah. And as they're flying in, we even kind of get like a sense of why would they you know maybe they didn't tell him you know right and then we get oh 
Yeah. This action sequence is so good. Uh, Abby was doing something else in the other room, and I, I paused. I went, Abby, come here. <laughs> come here. You have, you to, have to watch this. this. This is, like, one of the best action sequences in the whole show. And she was like, really? Oh, and I was like, yeah. absolutely. It's only a couple minutes long. Just sit with me and get ready. Yeah, and I, like, press like, play. Of the... Oh, my God. So we get, as they're flying in, these huge, just boulders being yeah. chucked at he's them like and we see ang do this toe Whoa. move with he's his not hand. even looking he just yep. and it just yep. explodes around them and we get the wide angle of them just flying through that explosion of like dust yep. and then another one comes and he uses his staff to just split, split it in, in half. half yeah oh so it's good. so sick and then he fucking superhero lands yeah. on the shit and he like it's so cool like up part of me is like oh my god this group is unstoppable and another very small part of me is like this is what you get for having an earth kingdom with people in it that don't know there's a war going on none of them are good at fighting they're all just like take you know what i mean like yeah i'm not saying that there's anything like that these guys aren't badasses our group ang and the gang but i do think that fighting a whole fucking army should have been a little harder and this yeah. kind of says something to that you know right. what i mean they're, they're not military they're guards for the, exactly for the king yeah who... but it just makes it so satisfying because we get to see so many sequences of them like the sequence were tough and she oh. just flips the tiles on top of like 15 yes. guys and they're all stuck like under dominoes it. it yeah yes i love the the wide shot of their teamwork well firstly oh. th- there's like the oh. the sort of low angle shot of Toph and ang being sort of the front yep. lines and, and, and like Toph flipping doing the, this like... yeah Toph doing that and oh sort of blocking God. all the rocks coming at them and katara can see how little Toph is in this shot too because of the angle she looks like such a little thing with her like big moves it's so cool and then yes then that wide angle is just epic because we then see katara like taking out katara is using her water (laughs) and and it's (laughs) apologizing the whole time too yeah no abby kept laughing she kept just like cracking up every time because she was like watching it out of context and she's watched the show before she's like I can't remember, like, are these bad guys or or what's the deal? And I was like, right. well, like, they would be good guys, but in this situation, they've just got to get to where they need to get to. So yeah. they're trying to, like, they, you know, if they get hurt, they feel bad for them. So that's why. And it was right. cracking her up. And we then really are the on fucking, your side. Yeah, that, that moment with the stairs. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. For, right, right before they get to the stairs, they have this, like, volley thrown at them. And... Ang and oh, yeah. Toph make oh. this like stone igloo around them that just <laughs> blocks it. Just it just is like the density of their bending is like more strong than whatever was just thrown at them. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Because yep. I always wonder, like, well, why didn't it all just explode? Because they're so fucking awesome. That's right. Why. <laughs> and then they just, and then when they keep going, like the way the animation of like Appa emerging through that, I just yeah. love that shit. Yeah, and then. There is just something about it. It's so simple. And every time it happens, I'm like, maybe this... Because I've watched this show, I think, three times or four times in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every time this moment happens, I'm like, I remember all that happening is like 
she turns the stairs into a slide. Like, that's right. kind of simple, and I feel like that's not... But there's something about the way they show this vast staircase. Yep. They, like, go through, like... They pan okay, down over this it. This is a huge staircase. And then we see little Toph just... Yep. And raise her arms herself. and her arms like vibrate and then yeah. we see things just crashing around her and she's not even affected by it and then yep. she just throws her arms down and the sound it's all about the sound design i think this fight and this whole sequence why it's so great because yeah. they use so many different ways to do the same thing the yeah you know what i mean by that because this one it's like uh the sound of like shingles almost like right as all the stairs like basically just go into themselves and become a fucking ramp and then her and ang just lift what they're standing on Mm -hmm. oh i love it's one of my favorite shots in the show all of them with appa kind of hovering just rolling up Uh and people just like falling by and katara being like sorry and that's when sokka says it we really are on your side yeah it's just great i think this also speaks to your point that i think these people are not as trained to combat this type of uh yeah a- opponent like if they were all die leave they're they would earth just jump around like, right also they're earthbenders these are steps of earth that have been flattened one of them could like lift a bit and stop themselves but they're so taken off guard by this and yeah are immediately falling and don't have traction that they're not able to and it 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 just shows they're not quite like trained experts they're just guards you know yeah and maybe Toph is doing a little extra shit too because you know how she can just slide people over yeah maybe she's created like a conveyor belt oh man i love that kind of cool to think about totally uh they they get to the top and they get inside and i love this montage of as shit's just flying all over the place battle happening behind him Sokka's just checking doors <laughs> yes i don't know why but this is a thing i feel like there must be a word like a term for this mm-hmm. when in a movie there's a lot of doors to be checked it yeah. just feels like a thing do yeah. you know what i mean i do I and do. like there's always a woman behind one of the doors going oh yeah and, like, I don't know how I feel about that, but I liked it in this context. He wasn't, like, walking in on a woman changing. Right. He literally just opened the door, and, and there was just like, a lady standing there, and she screamed. Like, yeah. it's funny. I don't right. know. Yeah. It feels like probably something that has been paid homage to, and this yeah. is paying homage to that homage. Right. You know, I bet this comes all the way back to, like, early farces and totally. stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? totally, totally. Uh, this is the first time we cut over to Zuko, who at the end of the last episode, we learned, made the huge decision to let the Avatar's spirit animal, the Sky Bison, go. Instead of trying to claim him for his own, instead of trying to further his quest to capture the Avatar, he helps the Avatar. And he comes back to their house, their their little apartment, or flat, or whatever you want to call it, and... Zuko just is not looking good. He's dragging it's almost, his feet along. It's some uh, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 1. Yeah. Call back to an earlier episode. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Go listen to our Spider-Man episode, and we'll talk about Spider-Man 2 when we're done with season 2. But he says, I don't feel right. And he tumbles over, and the way he just like tries to steady himself on this table and this vase that's on it just crashes, and he... 
he just tumbles to the ground. It's troubling. You're like, oh, God, like, this is all-consuming to his body. Yes, it's physically manifesting itself now. It's not just because this whole show we've been watching him go through a spiritual roller coaster of a journey. Yeah. And we've seen him really down in the dumps because he's not eating and he's like right. not drinking enough. But this, this is, is not like Zuko alone. he was just yeah. fine. Yep. And now because of a decision he's made, he's like sick. And yes. I don't know. There's something about it that I, I love a lot. Me there's too. just something about it. It's, oh, especially the places they continue to go with it. But yep, for, I can't wait to talk about that. For right now, uh, that's, that's all we get. So we get back to the gang, and they finally do find the <laughs> yep. throne room, the and... big impressive door. Yes, <laughs> and Sokka jumps to wink, wink, boink, and just falls over, and then <laughs> Ang they... just blasts it open. <laughs> yeah, he just. And I, I, I don't feel know bad ex- for Sokka. <laughs> I don't know exactly why they chose to like invest the time to animate this. I mean, it's a really cool shot, but Sokka being blown through with the doors and this like tilted low <laughs> angle shot of him that's it looks incredible, but it's just for the moment of him being like, You wanna give me a heads up next time? Uh I don't know. I I loved that shot. It made the funny moment you say stand that, out. You're right. Like it is for editing's sake, an interesting thing to keep in the cut. <laughs> right. Um, Maybe because of how much time they put into that. Like, they were like, holy shit, they animated the shit out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> yeah. We have to keep that in. Right. But they get there, and Long Feng is there standing right next to the Earth King. Pulling um, a worm tongue. Like you said, there are some references throughout, and I'm now... Tongue, no- since baby. you said that, yep. I'm realizing... It's this that, is very Rohan. It's all I was this thinking. Is, it's very Rohan. Yep, and he literally even Aang like has a staff that they're like put down your weapons and he has to put down a staff. I don't know, like Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> and now we hear the Earth King speak for the first time. He is voiced by Phil Lamar, who's actually another huge voice acting name. He uh he was Marvin in Pulp Fiction, which isn't voice acting, but he's Hermes in Futurama. I think he plays Samurai Jack in Samurai Jack. <laughs> like oh shit, he's a huge he's a huge voice actor. He's an, he's another big deal. So it's it's Phil Lamar and Clancy Brown <laughs> are the the like leaders here. These two forces of the Earth Kingdom, holy and they crap, invested their money wisely because these are two very important characters and both very very well portrayed by. And now that you say actors. that too, what an interesting. Not interesting. What a well-achieved character yeah. that the Earth King be- becomes by the end of this episode. But right away, just because of his voice, we're like, oh, yep. I get this guy. Yeah, I know totally. exactly who he is. You know? Yeah, it's very effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Long Fang says to the king, they are here to overthrow you. And uh, they're like, no, listen, he is lying to you. You need to trust us. And he says, trust you? Like, why would I trust you? And honestly, when you think about it, yeah, why would he? <laughs> like, exactly. according to his this information, a... all the information he has is that there's a siege going on. His palace was just broken into. They just, like, incapacitated yep. all his soldiers. And here they are with their weapons drawn at him. So often a moment like this in a movie or a show feels like, why won't you listen to them? Yeah. But in this, we're actually more like, 
ah, oh, what can we do to make right. him understand? Mm-hmm. Which is the that's the feeling you want to get out of your audience watching this because we want to think, try to think how they're thinking. Like, okay, what could there be? Well, there's still Lake Lao guy. They could bring him back to uh, the fucking underground thing. There's right, right. Uh, you know, we're yeah. thinking like them, mm-hmm. and it's it's really cool. He says, if you want me to trust you. Drop your weapons right now. And they're like, the only thing to do in that circumstance is you got to drop your weapons. And they do, and they're immediately cuffed by these uh, these rock gloves of the Dai Li. And they're about to be taken away. And then Long Fang fucks up by saying, take the Avatar and his friends. Make yeah, sure they never see up. daylight ever again. And firstly, uh, did you not realize that that would like make a difference that this is the Avatar? Secondly... Fuck. Like, make sure they never see the light of day again. Like, do you not connect in your head that saying, make sure the avatar, <laughs> the like balancing factor of the world and the connection between the material world and the physical world being like closed in and imprisoned and like, would wow, not you make, make a difference. Make it even more. Yeah, I think like, it's come on, Long but it's, Fang. It doesn't feel it's like it's done in the moment. No, yeah, yeah it, doesn't it doesn't feel, feel like dumb, why would he do that? Because but like, long, for Long Fang, it's like a satisfaction of like, yeah, the Avatar. All I don't this care. too. Take the yeah. Avatar away. Yeah, totally. Um, but what wins the Earth King over is his bear Bosco is interested in Ang, and he comes up and sniffs him. And Aang just, you know, he notices Bosco has an interest in him because Aang has, like, a way with animals, which has been well-established. And earlier, because of Aang in that uh, episode with the party for the Bosco, oh, yeah. he, like, does right. a trick and makes Bosco clap. Yeah. So Bosco knows him, you know? Yep. And uh, <laughs> Aang reveals in this moment that... Uh, he goes, the Avatar? And he goes, yep, that's me. And he lifts his hands up and the rocks, <laughs> he just earth bends this the rocks was, away and then puts them back to show like, I can get out of this, this if I wanted moment. to. I'm being here in good faith. Yeah, this is another moment where I'm watching this episode with Abby and she goes, oh, so can he not? Because they took their, they dropped their weapons and then they bended these cuffs on them. And she mm-hmm. goes, oh shit, I, I didn't realize they couldn't, like he couldn't bend if he didn't have his staff. And I was mm-hmm. like, just, just watch. Just watch. <laughs> and when that happens, she just cracked up because, like, yep. this little sequence of Aang being able to do this makes what happens later when the Dai Li have to intercept an Earthbender. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about it in the recap. They use yep. a different method. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it when we get there, but they're not aware, I think, in this moment that Aang is like an Earthbender an or earthbender. else they wouldn't have done this. <laughs> right. And I think doing it to Toph. Is just silly. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's probably able to just true. dig herself into the ground and yeah. like pop out as like a fucking earth, like right. shielded thing. I don't know. Like the thing. Fantastic. Yes. Four. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like there is no, it's clear that at this point they're still like allowing them to capture them. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. We know that as an audience, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So the king, now knowing that this is the avatar in front of him, gives him the benefit of the doubt and just says, I'd like to hear what he has to say. So Aang tries to lay it all out. There's a hundred year war going on that you have been lied to about by Long Fang 
in an attempt to control the city and to control you. Long Fang, he stole my bison, and that's the least of his crimes. He used the bison as blackmail. He, he has brainwashed a large portion of your community in order to hide this. And, of course, Long Fang turns to him and just says, you can't trust anything they're saying. These people are part of an anarchist cell that our agents have been tracking. If you he has just the listen to them, things to say here, yes. you know, I I don't want to spend any time really on this, but I do want to say like I'm reminded about some stuff going on right now about only getting yep. one source of information, and it's sad to me because how's he supposed to understand anything else? He's only getting one feed of information, and when he's tried to be showed something else, that feed of information is saying. That's a lie. Don't listen to that. Listen to me. Listen to me. And uh, yeah, it causes problems. That's not good. It causes yes. Yeah. Um. And we see very clearly when Ang or is it Sokka that thinks of it? Sokka has the idea. Yeah. We see very clearly that Long Fang is lying because Appa bit his leg when he threw him in the water. So oh. Sokka realizes that he'll still have that bite mark. And they exchange a glance. And I love this moment because up until this moment, this wouldn't have happened. Right. But now, like Sokka knowing Aang well enough and Aang knowing what yep. Sokka's thinking, they literally, no words, look at each other and then Aang airbends. You know what I mean? Yep. There's like a unspoken like moment and it feels so like there's things like that in this episode that this group truly feels like a family at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Similar to earlier when Aang and we have that close-up of Aang and Toph with the cool, her rolling rocks in front of her and him mm-hmm. taking dudes yep. out left and right. Like, they're working together like a family more yes. than just like a team. There's an intrinsic um, understanding and not just like a, we are a group. They're like, they and Long Fang, each other. quick on his feet, actually, because this yeah. is a really good, it's a good really comeback. good response. Yeah. And he doesn't sound like he's lying. He's that is an embarrassing birthmark. He basically right. he sounds yep. embarrassed, you know. Yep. But of course they can prove it. We we got Appa back. We've got Appa and we here. just get we cut to <laughs> yeah. Appa with his human teeth. <laughs> yeah, and then pointing at. Yep, and uh... it reminds me of Detective Sokka. Yeah, like this this whole sequence of him like realizing that they can do this. He is <laughs> yes. like the guy that can figure this shit out. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. And then I love and, the, uh, the, the comedic uh, montage that follows of him going, "Yep, that pretty much proves it." And they all go, "Yeah!" <laughs> and then he goes, "But it doesn't prove your whole conspiracy theory about the war." And they go, oh. "But I suppose it is worth looking into." Okay, we'll We'll take it. Yeah. I love that. So this is something I would have forgotten about if I hadn't written it down. But right in this moment, Long Fang is a liar and it's proven. Mm, but yeah. nothing is nothing he's still given like leave. You know what I mean by that? Yes. Because it isn't enough. Mm-hmm. We see him just slink off in the background. Yeah. And I it's just there's something about that where I'm like, fuck, if he just would have been like, all right, well, we got to detain Long Fang until we know the truth. Right. You know, like, right. But maybe given his what happens he's not just going to do that. And I think that what what comes next actually happens right now. It didn't happen right after. Well, maybe it did. Basically, what I'm trying to get to is they go to where 
this underground. They do. We get a quick check-in before they go there to Zuko. And he is wrapped up in a blanket. He is writhing. He's clearly not doing well. Iroh says, you have a terrible fever going. And here, this will help cool you down. He lays a cool towel on his forehead. And just the way he's caring for him. Ah, oh, it makes me so emotional trying to help him through this. And he tries to give him a ladle of water. And he's like, here, drink this. And Zuko, oh, just, it's just The like, water drinking sequence. Every time I'm sick, I think ooh, about this. Yes. I'm like, 100%. I want to do that, you know? He just grabs this bucket of water and just pours it on his face, gulping as much as he can. And then he just chucks it away and then plops back down and just curls back up again. It's that thing where it's like when you're in such a, you know, dire state. It's just like survival. It's just like, give me the water. You're desperate. Get that thing away yes. from me. Yeah. Oh, and he just coughs as as he lays back down. It's just this quick check-in. But, oh, now it's that's on our mind as well as we're going through this. The thing that I love about this, too, it's in the same city. They're right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. They're, as this is happening, we are going over them on a train now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, like, totally. they're literally passing them. Yeah. So we see the gang... Uh, well, first we see the reaction of all the commoners, as we, as I'm sure <laughs> yeah. the king would call them, right. uh, looking up like, what? what? <laughs> because the king is just on the train. On the train, just standing there, too. Like, he's not sitting down, and he's just looking at all of them. we find out that he not only has never left the Earth Kingdom of yep. Ba Sing Se, he's never left the palace. Yeah. He's never even Which, left the palace. Somehow, gotta give props to that voice acting. Yeah. What's his name again? Who was it again? Phil uh, Lamar. Phil Lamar is a was able to portray that within those first few seconds. Because yeah, as like, soon as he says that here, I'm like, yeah, I bought that already. I already yeah. got that. Totally. You know? Totally. Totally. That is just good voice acting. It really and is. We see him look out the window and Aang is casually. Uh -huh. I love how casual it is because he's got Appa back, so he would never do anything else. You know right. what I mean? Of course. It's easy for this moment to feel like a, now that's a way to travel. Like, well, why is he on Appa? Is that just the setup? No. Like, no, he hasn't had Appa. Train. Of course he's <laughs> yeah. going to ride Appa now forever for yes. anything he ever needs again. <laughs> you know? Yes. yes. And it's so... it. I don't know. It brings a smile to my face, and it's a great little setup here. Yep. So we get totally. to the lake. Mm -hmm. That, like I was saying earlier, I almost think that Long Fang slinking off, he quickly, like, earth-tunneled right his there. way there or something. Yes, totally. Maybe. Or maybe they destroyed it right after that initial fight. Yeah, but either way, it's destroyed. And mm -hmm. I love how they show Toph probably already knows it's gone, but she needs to do what she did before to, to give us, it. the viewers, a visual yeah. like of what it looks like. Like we remember there was this cool stone walkway that led yep. to a like a, a hole tunnel. with yeah. a ladder going down. Yep. And she does it again and it's just rum rubble. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it that's so cool. Cause it's like she probably didn't need to do that. She probably could have just walked up to it and been like, it's gone. <laughs> and everybody would have been like, What? What? She, yeah, it's gone. But she does this mm -hmm. and it's she doesn't even realize it until she does this. And I love that. It's just good. It's it's a good show thing. Like Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean us. by that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and this takes traction out of their argument. It's like the 
Earth King says. It's kind of convenient that the thing that would prove it is gone. And uh, he just says, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm going back to the palace. I don't have time for this. And... Ang floats over in front of him. I love this shot, this uh, Me too, like, man. profile of them walking and up it's, the hill and floating down in front It of is them. a wish-fulfilling thing for me, too, because there's so often where someone has walked away just too far to where you'd have to sprint to catch right. up. <laughs> yes. Ang can literally just float in front of him and be like, yo, wait up. You yeah. know? And he says, there's one more thing that we want to show you. Uh, it will prove everything. And... He's still not it's having an outer it. wall. So yeah, because it's especially because right. he's like, no Earth King has ever been to the outer never wall. Been to the outer wall. No Earth King. That's something that actually resonated with me. This isn't the first Earth King to be right, maybe secluded. not suppressed or sec- but right. secluded. Yeah, it's a thing. Like this feeling of like even Ang said that's why I never came here. Uh-huh. It always felt weird. This is before the war because when Ang was a kid, there was no war, so right. he felt. So, Ba Sing Se, in general, represents that. You know yes. what I mean by that? Like, that... Class King separation. Being... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Sokka, Sokka being the... <laughs> witty as hell and yeah. having remembered exactly what he needed to remember in that moment. Mm-hmm. Sokka's so great in this episode. Oh, yeah. episode. And it's because of his positive attitude. Yep. He goes, if you come with us this time, we'll let you ride Appa. <laughs> and we just cut to... <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. screaming and it's another moment where i was really happy to be watching this with someone because yeah. i'm analyzing the show so when i laugh i kind of laugh <laughs> or yeah. like when i have a tear up moment i tear up but like sure. abby just busted as soon as she busted <laughs> out laughing as soon as this happened she's just cracking yeah. up because the animation of him his voice acting yep. and seeing him just like gripping but like excited it's, it's both such a thrilling and moment. terrifying I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love it so much. And I also love, and it's another thing that makes me go uh, think about the real world a little bit, is he's, he confides in Toph a little bit. And he says, there's a part of me that really hopes what you're saying isn't true. It's like, yeah, it's hard to break your worldview when you don't want to have to face what the reality would mean. If the reality isn't yeah that's that's the thing that's why you know it's easy to latch on to something that seems pretty awesome like oh you know that's 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 not bad there's nothing bad going on Mm -hmm. is that's so much easier than actually (laughs) there's work to be done right yeah because work is hard Mm -hmm. anyway uh yeah as they're flying away this last shot before they get to the outer wall it reminds me again how vast the expanse of bossing say is i mean we've seen it on oh, a wow, map yeah. and you see the outer wall takes up like a majority of the like habitable land of the earth kingdom's land but they're flying which over which is these... like most of the habitable land yeah. in general they're <laughs> like, flying over these about fields it. and there's a mountain range in the distance that is looks from the perspective at least like it's within the walls like there's vast different ecologies within the boundaries of the walls of bossing say i just think wow. it's such a small thing but it gives you an, a, a more of an idea of like this place is huge and also this king has seen one house <laughs> like <laughs> uh man um 
But they fade away from that, and we zoom in on Zuko's sleeping face. His scar. His scar side oh, is up. Oh, man. This sequence. This dream sequence that he's having. Dude, this is a bold sequence to have in a kid's show. It's yes, freaky. It is. It is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's spooky, and it's also symbolic. There are images here that are being introduced for the first time that will be brought back. There's good symbolism of this inner war that they describe him having being embodied by these two dragons, the red one, or uh, uh, the blue one with the voice of Azula, who embodies all of the the problems with the Fire Nation and with the throne and the thirst for power. The ideology he's been raised to believe is correct. Yes. And Iroh is the red dragon. Oh, it's so... It's like genius, yes. honestly. This... Because, you know, like, it, it reminds me kind of of a freaking uh, Kronk in Emperor's New Groove having Devil Kronk and Angel Kronk on his shoulders. And it's like, yeah, it's so, it's a classic thing to do, you know? And when it's done, it feels classic. Mm-hmm. But the way they do it in this with it being dragons and with him being in that throne. Without his scar. And then it being those voices. Right. Yes. Without without the scar. scar All of it evokes like heavy, heavy emotion. Yes. And is symbolic as fuck. It's not just symbolic. It's so much more. It's crazy how far the show has come. Right. Being able to use Azula's voice like this. We know her character well enough for that to actually evoke something here. Right. You know what yes. I mean? And also, That's crazy. This, uh, I'm reminded of this notion. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But Iroh says part of this big battle that you're going through is that the decision you made does not combine with your image of yourself. And here we have him in his mind. He is dreaming. And the body that he is inhabiting is one without his scar where he is the fire lord like mm-hmm. that is how he sees himself the embodiment of the thirst for power of the fire nation and here's this blue dragon encouraging him to uh relinquish into that and to yep. let go and be settled with that and iroh in this same voice iroh's voice comes through the the red dragon in this same tone that he was using in the end of the last episode as he's urging him and saying no do not listen to the blue dragon just begging him and that's like in his brain it's what he was trying to tell him before coming back in his subconscious and oh it's beautiful and uh, he says go before it is too late and then this temple crumbles around him. Dude, the animation for this stuff is really chilling. The soldiers so folding in on themselves. Oh, Ooh. man. And then you don't want to end up like Mother. Zuko, help me. We hear for the second time ever. First one was in the flashbacks of uh, in Zuko alone. Uh, the voice of Jen Cohn, who voices Zuko's mother. And... Fuck. She says two words, or like three words, and oh, it gives me chills. And then it leaves us on just panning out from his face, or zooming out from his sleeping face. Yeah, we, we get a glimpse of what's going on inside him. But we cut back to the gang as they get to the outer wall, and here's the drill. They haven't been able to get rid of it yet. It's been like a few weeks, and what are they going to do with that? We can see there's like a 
like a couple right. things going a on, like a couple it. walls being built. Like they're gonna do something here, but yeah, like well, you they can't, can't just bury it. that, right? You got to do they, something with it. Yeah, like it, that's yep. gonna take time to address, and here it is. And uh, Long Feng arises and tries to. <laughs> oh, before he does though, just the zoom in on the Earth King's face as he's looking at this proof. Oh. It's like it's all sinking in. These things that have been told to him that was it was so easy to di- to dismiss. He's realizing that they were telling the truth. Here comes Long Fang trying to say it's just a construction project. And they go, do you want to explain why there's a fucking Fire Nation symbol on it then? He said, oh, it's imported. You can't trust domestic machinery. And uh, it does not convince the Earth King. I almost in that moment was like, "Ooh, wow, that yeah, that might work." Yep. You know what I mean by that? Like, it's still I mean, he's he quick on his feet, for man. Everything, but thank the fucking gods. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're if that's what you <laughs> right. know. The Avatar, the spirits, spirits. Thank the, the spirits, spirits that the Earth King comes to his senses and says, "Daily, arrest Long Fang." He must stand trial against his crimes and against the Earth l- Kingdom. And we get this amazing moment. The close-up of each Dai agent glancing at each other. And we know that they are giving each other a, is this the right thing to yeah. do here? Kind of look. Or, or maybe, maybe more. Like, should we? Hmm, yeah. We'll see. What you reference. And then this dope ass, they yep. have a different method. For mm-hmm. capturing an earthbender, they pull out these metal, like, hook, chains. like, yeah. grippers. They're basically, like, handcuffs right. on the ends of chains that they, like, throw and grab Long Fang and then yep. pull him in with. And I just think that that's so cool that we address, that they have something. Because we saw what happens when an earthbender is captured by their cuffs. So, like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? And, you know, it's been, this season has been kind of driving a forward that like an earthbender can't bend metal so i you know i kind of wondered like why don't they have just like regular handcuffs too then and they do they're just <laughs> doper than that yeah. they can fucking throw them and they're like right. on a spring yeah. or something and then Sokka gets his line looks like long fang is long gone <laughs> and he even admits ah i've been waiting to use that one for a while <laughs> like he thought of that as soon as he learned <laughs> Long Fang's name, <laughs> he was like, "Ooh, Long Fang." Long oh Fang. yeah, ooh, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta remember that. <laughs> um, the Earth King back in the throne room. The Earth King is just so stricken by, struck by this realization, and he said, "I, I thought this was the Earth's greatest metropolis, but it's just a city of fools, and that makes me king fool." Oh, the way he's taking it is just like, can right? you imagine being in charge and realized you've just been used and then <laughs> no. there's a hundred year war that people are dying and like, it's honestly, he takes it pretty well <laughs> for considering, but also yeah, like, you're right. like, can't have him just like, you know, swear and flip out because it's a kid's show. But um, they explained to him, there is a comet coming and they are, the Fire Nation is going to have a lot of power. And it's it's this moment where Momo jumps onto Bosco and you see their animals getting along. And it's part of what established this trust between these people is their ability to connect and yep. empathize with animals. 
and their animals connect with each other and uh with each other yeah i love it so but much but then they bring up yeah there's a way there is an eclipse and Sokka names it and he doesn't like schmooze it but you can tell he like thought about this <laughs> and he said there's an eclipse coming the day of black sun oh and just the way he says it and the music the intensity and the in shot the shot and like the way it zooms I mean, in kind it of, already felt so like cool. such an important factor but now it's like it's solidified but now we, we have, have a name, name for, for it. it this is an event that is going to happen there will be the day of black sun and now we have that anticipation of that and and what they're going to do to be able to utilize this opportunity to invade and the earth king isn't convinced necessarily that he wants to you know take his troops away from protecting his city he he thinks that would make them vulnerable and Sokka says listen you're already vulnerable they are going to do everything in their power to get into this city and they've already come far enough to like break through the wall on the outside you saw the drill you can either let it happen sit here and let it happen or you can take the offensive and get the upper hand here and it works he is convinced the earth king is convinced it's like fucking character growth over yeah. one episode this earth king and like trusting yep. these kids it's awesome and it's yeah. done well is what i mean this general comes in general how and we get a quick context that is mentioned a couple times throughout the rest of the episode and it doesn't feel like ham-fisted context or anything like that no it's just, it's like, just there's a cool a thing council of five generals that are just well respected and take orders from the king and uh one of them comes and reveals that they have searched long fang's office and found secret files on every single person in ba sing se which is a little goofy because they set down one little chest and then say that i yeah. always thought that but then i realized i think that maybe his he's got a fuck ton yeah. of these oh, chests yeah. and they just grabbed the one from their train yes like each train gets I like think so too. you know what i mean <laughs> but i agree it is a little goofy because like you imagine that's right. all of they set it down you know, and they're like, like how okay so how embossing how how what how big <laughs> files is, he must have like right. millions of chests right <laughs> you know which is so get many these chests. individual letters and intercepted information that was kept from the gang and there's different things for each people there's um toff has a letter from her mom ang has the letter that was tied to appa's horn when he was found from the guru at the eastern air temple there isn't a letter for Sokka and katara but then they say there is some intel that they think they'd be interested in there's a fleet there, there's a Water Nation fleet out in Chameleon Bay. And as they're reading, they say, and it's led by Hakoda, which is their father. And it's so exciting. They haven't known where their father is since he left when they were kids in the Southern Water Tribe, when they were little, little kids. And they had a close encounter where they met up with Bato, but he didn't know where they were. Now they know exactly where their where their father is going to be. And, oh, you feel how important it is to them. This whole sequence, too, it's so cool how the episode does this organically, but it's the be it, like, starts a new part of this episode. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? We had the first part, them getting mm -hmm. into this temple. Then we had the second yeah. part, the convincing of the Earth King. 
Now we have this Third part, which is like the, the many, yeah. many setups. Right. The many setups. This like is just a whole sequence yes. of setups with each of their letters. And then we even have like them gather together to like talk right. about what they're going to do. And this feels like a hopeful setup moment still. Like it's all good, hopeful setup for like yeah. a while. You know what I mean? And it's... Did I skip a an Iroh moment or the, yes. is that next? I mean, we we could just get back to it, but since you're bringing it up, yes, this is no. Let's not after they first find out this information. It's, it's the this moment. is like I think about this is another moment that I think about from this show outside of the context of thinking about the show. This metamorphosis is the way he phrases it. This is not a natural sickness you're going through, is what Iroh says to Zuko. Your decision uh, is at such conflict with your image of yourself. You are at war within your own body. You're going through a metamorphosis. It's not going to be easy. Oh, but at the end of it, he says, you will come out the other side, the beautiful prince that you were always meant to be. Oh, I got goosebumps. I've got goosebumps right now thinking about it. And like, because that is real. I mean, it's not like, you can completely get the flu and like these huge spiritual, but like your internal cognitive life has an effect on your physical body. They are related things. Your mind is an organ in your body. And if you are having Mm -hmm. such conflict that can affect you physically. I remember thinking about this and feeling like I was going through a metamorphosis of sorts a couple years ago when some very large events, multiple things at the same time were happening in my life. And it was so difficult, but I I thought about this scene. I thought about you are going through a metamorphosis and uh, it's beautiful and helpful, but also he's in the middle of it. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like got chills over here now. Oh, just me like too, man. it really, and I honestly, a lot of that can be, uh, we can nod to yes. Mako for that. Absolutely, great, great delivery of that information and of that like yes testimonial. Right. You know, and then we get back to the gang. Ang says his letter is from this guru. We have that moment where it's like. What does he say? It's like, is that a poisonous fish of some sort? <laughs> and uh, a poisonous blowfish. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, no, it's a, it's a uh, spiritual expert. Yes, which I love that they acknowledge that because guru is, in my opinion, an overused term. Yeah. in media, mm-hmm. in, in, in inappropriately. Yeah, and I think it's used appropriately on the show. Yes, but pointing out exactly why it's being used appropriately is cool. Yes, you know what I mean absolutely. by that? Like Aang being educated and understanding exactly what that means. It's just, it feels right and organic, but also feels like it's educating the people watching. Yeah. Like, it's like the word voodoo. Like, right. that is an way, unfortunately, yeah. overused and used Misused. inappropriately. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think Guru is like almost on a level like that. Yes, I, I agree. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if I have the like capacity of knowledge to say that but i feel like this moment is helpful for me yeah you know absolutely the rest of the gang has things that they're pulled to toff has this letter from her mom and she says like from the sound of it 
it sounds like my mom finally understands me and where I'm coming from. And you hear, and this is, I want to shout out Jesse Flower, now goes by Michaela Jill Murphy. The emotion in that voice, it's clearly a very powerful thing. She's never felt like she's had any sort of understanding between her and her parents. But also, mm -hmm. we as viewers haven't had any context about her parents or them being here or... so. They don't make enough of a deal out of it that you're like, wait, what? But it is, if you're paying attention, like, wait, really? Why? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then... It's a little bit. And that's when they decide we've got to split up. And Aang, is it Aang who says it? Like, no, we just became a family for the, yes, again, you know? We just got the and family And when he back. says it, I feel it. Like, yeah. if you're watching this show, like once a week especially and you're just like been waiting for like what six episodes for appa to come back and now he's back and we're now like gonna have to split the gang up again yeah no fuck that and that's how ang feels but mm -hmm. then at the same time you have to go meet gotta, this guy he's, he's gotta help you control the avatar state in a healthy spiritually informed way you have to go meet with this guy and we have to, one of us has to see our dad, and we get this, this oh, decision man. of Qatar. I, I tear up, because, yeah. so, they all are deciding who's doing what, and Sokka says, all right, well, one of us has to stay behind. I guess that'll be me. He's prepared to make and the then, sacrifice. Yes, he just instantly does that, mm. and then Katara says, I know how badly you've been wanting to go help dad. Yeah. Go, you go with Aang. I'll stay and, here. And Oof. Sokka's, oh, you're the nicest sister ever. Yeah. And he kisses her, and she's like, okay, big brother, okay. Yeah. It feels so... Sibling. I don't know. Sibling. Yes. Yeah. Sibling love. It just makes me so happy. I also love the little detail that um, their father is in Chameleon Bay, which is on the way to the Eastern Air Temple. So Aang can go to the Eastern Air Temple, drop Sokka yeah. off on the way. Toph can go meet her mother in the city. Like, it just feels like everything's falling all, into place. That's what needs to kind of happen. Yeah, right. everything, exactly. Um, they're about to set out, and Aang has this moment where he approaches Katara. And as they're about to go away again, like, we just got the family all together. Here we are. Now we're all going off to do these different things. I need to go do this very, like, important spiritual training i gotta get this off my chest katara this feels like such a growing moment yeah to me and i know like tim on our last episode i was just expressed say that. <laughs> really not liking sock or ang and katara as any sort of like romance thing but i i love it i think it's such a beautiful expression of this healthy, is the, young... i think this is the moment for me that drives it home yeah because it doesn't feel like a little kid crush he feels like he yeah. like really does care about her he's and he wants to figure out a way it. how to express that yes and he's having trouble with it and then he's cut off by Sokka. literally Sokka going all right you ready for this man trip this with no girls men only man trip <laughs> yeah men yeah. only man trip that just really funny to me and then uh I like that Katara then still comes up yeah gives him a peck says on the cheek. goodbye and gives him a kiss on the cheek yeah. like I think there was communication made in his lack of communication. Yeah. You know what I mean yeah. by that? Yep. They do give the in 
the information, though, to the Earth King, who says, you know, we owe you, Ba Sing Se owes you its thanks. And he gets information from a messenger that says the Kyoshi warriors are coming. Sokka's like, oh, that's Suki! They're good friends of ours. And the Earth King says, all right, great. Um, they will be welcomed as honored guests. Which is exciting now, because <laughs> they even say it, like, as they're leaving, Sokka's laying back, and he's like... Ah, positive attitude. Yeah. Now we're going to do this. We've got we, Suki waiting back right. for me. And then Aang goes under his breath. He says, yeah, we've both got yeah. girls waiting girls for us back home. Girls are waiting for us. Positive attitude. Yep. Like, it's just like this moment of, like, Aang realizing, like, yeah, I don't think he's thinking right now, I'm going to go back and be in a relationship with Katara. Right. But that kiss on the cheek was a reminder that she cares, too. And he has someone there that cares about him. Yeah. And... While for Sokka, it is, like, his girlfriend. <laughs> right. Aang is, still feels like there are girls waiting for us. Yeah, that's cool. Right. I don't know. It's, like, a cool, like, oh, And Sokka, cute. Sokka says, yep, I think things are looking up for us. Seems like everything's going to go our way from now on and forever. And then that is the end of that sequence of this episode. Yep. And thus begins the next sequence, which is the... Everything going fuck. wrong. <laughs> yeah. The, the sequence I like to call... <laughs> fuck. <laughs> because we just had one of the best cliffhanger sequences of the show. Like, all of yep. these awesome cliffhangers for every character. Like, mm -hmm. growth and character development is about to go down. Yep. And now, we realize, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, care to elaborate? We get the Dai Li first. Um, okay, I'm looking at my notes, and actually, we cannot skip. Before they're flying off, and he says, the the girls, we, uh, everything's going our way. Yeah. We get one final moment with Zuko, where That's right. he wakes up, Holy and we shit. see he's on the other side. We see his unscarred his his not scarred face and he gets up and walks to the bathroom and he splashes water in his face and he looks up and he's ang it's his body but he's bald and he has the arrow and he shouts and he wakes up oh. and he lifts his head up and it's now front on all of the shots we've seen of him sleeping his scar side has been up in this latest dream his pristine face however you want to put it has been up and then he saw he went through seeing his own self as the fire lord with no scars now he's seeing himself as the avatar who he saw as his enemy his goal his you know all the things he was projecting out and he sees it in himself and he wakes up and now we see him straight on and we see the scarred side and the pristine side and it just pans from one side of his face over to the scarred eye and he just touches it and closes his eye and remembers that he has this he he has this pain that he's carrying with him and it it will always be directly marked on his face it's so much said with no words it's so wild and evocative and uncomfortable but yeah. beautiful and good moving yeah and then we get the everything's going to go right. And then we go to the Dai Li cellar where 
uh, Long Fang is being held, and this fancy platter of food with like fancy shrimp is slid down. Like I'm pretty sure that's not the food they serve mm, in the prison. Yeah. There's something extra there. And the Dai Li guard at the door says, "The Council of Five and the military may be loyal to the king, but the Dai Li are loyal to you." And just a shot of the light coming from behind that guard through the bars into the cell. And then Long Feng just smiles and looks down and eats his fancy shrimp. Mm-hmm. And then we go over to mm-hmm. Toph. And uh, she... God, one by one. Oh, <laughs> she steals herself. She prepares herself to meet up with her parents for, since, for the first time since running away. She knocks on the door and it just creaks open. And it's this big empty house and we're like i don't like this at all and she walks this but she doesn't know that because she's blind and probably isn't thinking about that right now yet you know what i mean yeah like unless she's purposefully like earthbending around her right she can't see that there's nothing in this room she's probably walking in without that ah this it's so sad this giant thick metal cage drops down and closes on around her she's trapped in this metal cage now and we see this duo that we've forgotten about who have not given Mm. up their mission master Yu and shin fu here they are and they've finally gotten their bounty they've finally captured toff and they're gonna bring her home it's so brilliant Ooh, and that is a season-long setup and payoff that is yep storytelling and then our final fuck moment. <laughs> Here are the Kyoshi warriors arriving at Ba Sing Se. And we see their outfits going by and we're like, okay, yeah, Suki. Like, why aren't they showing them to us, though? And the Earth King holds out his arms and he says, here you are, our esteemed allies, the Kyoshi warriors. And we see these three women bow and lift their heads up and that unmistakable voice of gray delisle as azula yes we are your humble servants and they directly address now the eye aesthetic the eye coloring world building yep where they pan across azula's orange eyes and there's just this loud gong that just it goes right in line with the gong in your gut that goes oh yeah fuck Oh shit! We, like yeah. it is one of the most fuck endings to anything. Yeah, I mean, it's there was so much set up that seemed hopeful. I mean, the only thing that's sort of remaining is that I guess Sokka. There's a guru Sokka waiting for Aang. Aang. Yeah, and the, but they're both things that aren't. That's the thing, though. They're unknown. They're both things that are there that are. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, and it's right. all, you know what I mean by that. Yep. They're there. Yep. But it's only good if everything is still good with the gang, and it isn't anymore. Yep. But nobody realizes no it. One That's knows. what's They're so fucked, because they split up. Yep. So no one even knows. And so, oh, so much man. is going wrong at the perfectly worst time. Yep. And, uh, yeah. That's our fucking episode. That's how we're left. So. We've got to find out what's going to happen with this. We could combine these last two episodes like Netflix has, but in my opinion, screw Netflix. Uh, These are two separate episodes, in my opinion. I mean, there's been so much linking storyline that it's like, these last two are not necessarily linked more than others that 
are not linked at all you know i don't think it's necessary yes. you know like it'll feel like more build up rather than of random wait am i pausing in the middle of this right like it'll we we want to build this up as much as we can we're going to build that tension for y'all and also it gives us an opportunity to bring in another guest next episode Woo! uh the guru we will be having my good friend and just a beautiful theater maker in so many ways jacoby johnson will be on the podcast um coming out on sunday so sunday 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 jacoby johnson <laughs> um <laughs> don't miss it uh big thanks to sophina sago for our cover art please check out the donation links in the description um and if you're looking for other things to listen to Please check out our actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Legendary Four Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. That's also on legendary4.com, where you can find all of these episodes and all of those episodes, and each individual episode has a comment section. And we would love to hear from you on these episodes and those episodes. Um, you can follow us on social media as well for this podcast specifically. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at New Lens Pod. And tell your friends. Tell your friends about it if you like it. It uh, We really feel like we're enjoying this and that it could be a sustainable thing. And we'd, we'd love to have it grow. And to have you be someone that would help us do that would just be so meaningful. So uh, spread the word. We appreciate you for listening, uh, even if you don't. So uh, thanks for getting to the end of the episode, listening to all this. Hell yeah. Also, good thing happened a few days ago. It's not finalized. The work is not over, no matter what happens in the United States right now. So uh, we hope you are taking whatever satisfaction or celebrating or whatever. We hope you participated. We hope you are processing whatever you're going through and preparing yourself to continue to take action in the ways that need action. Because as Sam Ramy said, it ain't over until the check has been signed. You cashed it, and you spent the money. <laughs> yep. So, uh, And that is a movie analogy it ever has been. For uh, current world affairs. But uh, we don't like to linger on that too much. We like to address it, because I feel like it's weird not to. And uh, not linger on it. <laughs> like, yeah, last episode, we're like, so we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then if it just was a thing we never talked about again, it'd be like, wait. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, there we go. Check that off the list. We addressed that. And you can check off your list of listening to the newest A New Lens episode. Because it's over. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been A New Lens. <laughs> <laughs>